there's some of you that are about to step into a place and you know there's fires. Those of you, you need to know that the consuming fire is going ahead of you. He's going to pave the way for you. He's going to consume the oppression. And then there are some of you that are sitting in the fire. Some of you have just been told you have a degenerative disease. Some of you were just served uh, divorce papers. Some of you just got an eviction notice on your house. Some of you, your child has been sick for months and months and months, and you're terrified to go to the doctor because you just don't know what it could be. You're in the fire. And that's the thing about God. He does allow us to go in the fire. I truly believe one of the reasons he allows some of these fires is because we get to see a side of him that we would never have experienced if we weren't allowed to walk through some of this stuff. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Today has already been a whirlwind over here. (laughs) I've already been all over Dallas. I've gotten my kids off to school. I've already preached once today, so it's like... It's like a whirlwind over here. Um, I hope you are finding peace in the midst of your whirlwind. Um, but I am fired up. Haha, <laughs> play on words. Fired up. Get it? Because we are starting our series on fire today. And you guys, this word has just really, really, really encouraged my heart. And I know that it will encourage you as well. The next three weeks, we're going to be talking all about fire, fire in the Bible. And um, it's going to be good. You do not want to miss it. It, it, We're going to come at, I'm going to come at you straight at the break and hopefully encourage you and give you some fuel for your fire. (laughs) Man, I got these all day. (laughs) I'll probably be using them too in the next few days. All my dorky dad jokes. Anyway, I am so thankful that you're joining us today. Thank you so much. We got a lot of feedback from the podcast that we did. And how do you know if it's God speaking or how do you know if it's yourself? And I saw lots of comments and stuff like that about, hey, I want more teaching like this. And I heard you. I just want you to know I heard you. That Those practical things that almost like an entire podcast to answer one question rather than like a fire round of questions. Um, seems to be popular and seems to be um, very beneficial to you guys out there. So just know I heard you. I get it. I understand. And um, that I'm going to tuck that away in my heart as we move forward with the different podcasts that we do. What is happening in my world? So much, so much, so much. <laughs> It's almost overwhelming so much, but all, all of them, uh, good things, good things. I have, um, kids in baseball, you know, baseball's back and I love, um, the baseball season. Two kids in baseball. I've got one kid that's trying to be an Olympic gymnast and she just might, you know, she just might. She's one of those kids that just, you know, when your kid just gets something or they're just made for it. Haven's definitely getting gymnastics. And then my oldest kid is in everything. And plus, you know, ministry, life, all the things. But I want to talk to you 
about what's happening in my life from a spiritual standpoint. We really, really, really apply what I preach, what I teach, the word of God, like on the daily in my house. If we're correcting a child or if we're doing something, we always bring in biblical application. And by the way, teaching your kids the Bible is not that hard. It's like, it's actually incredibly easy. It's simply taking a truth from scripture and applying it to a teachable moment or a victorious moment or a challenging moment in your child's life. That's all it is. That's how you raise your kids in the Lord. It is not rocket science, although I just heard a rocket scientist and I was pretty impressed. (laughs) It's not so out of the realm of possibility to raise your kids in the Lord. It's just not. I do think when we solely rely on Sunday morning church to do that, we're missing it. And I do think that if we only rely on Sunday morning church to disciple our children, it may not stick. Okay. Uh, I know that might rub some of you the wrong way, but that's okay because I've counseled kids that have only heard about God on Sunday mornings and their parents didn't disciple them through the week and they, they, they went away from the faith because of it. So I say all that to say, that's what we do in our home. Like if Haven, you know, we're not, we're not annoying about it and we're not to the point where they just want us to shut up. It is something that we bring in to parenting every day. Okay. Um, we had a situation with Jude last night and we brought, we brought in, listen, you can't be mad at us. (laughs) We simply have a greater authority that we're following. And it really, really helps put the heavy on the Lord and, and all of those sorts of things when we're talking about, uh, you know, correction and all, on all that. But it's such a victorious weekend this weekend. And I'm going to talk about Grace for a minute. Um, I hope she won't mind. I did not ask her. I'll ask her after the fact. And <laughs> if she says no, we'll just edit all this out. <laughs> but she won't. Um, I was in church this weekend and, um, Grace works in the children's ministry and however, she needs to be in church as well. Uh, it's very important. You know, sometimes we can serve too much and I know like everyone's gasping, but you need to be with believers. If there is something about uh, corporate worship. You cannot duplicate. You can't period. I know I've tried. You cannot do it. It's incredible. Um, there's something about being led by, by your pastor. Um, it's just amazing. Anyway, this was Grace's week to sit in with me in church. And typically I'm there by myself because my husband's a pastor and, you know, my kids are serving and then my little kids are in children's church. And there was a lady that sat in front of us and she had a, she had a, um, a very small baby and she sat right in front of us. And of course, I, the whole time the spirit of God is telling me to speak to this woman. And I'm thinking, okay, gotcha. I'll do that when service is over because the pastor was preaching and I just kept feeling very led to speak to this woman and this baby in front of me, but I didn't have what I was supposed to say. And a lot of times God will say, I want you to speak to this person. And then he'll tell me what to say. Uh, for instance, I just did it in the airport with a man 
a young man and um, the Lord said, I want you to tell him how much I love him, that I highlighted him to you. And I went up and I said, I knew exactly what to say, you know, whatever. So I, I didn't have a message. I just knew this woman, the Lord wanted to encourage. So church is over. My kids rummaged through my purse during church for pens, paper, gum, water. Moses is notorious for stealing my water bottle. And I turn around to the seat to put all the stuff back in my purse. Okay. Knowing I need to say something to this woman in front of me. I know this. I already know this. I still don't have what, what the message God wants to give me. I turn around and my child's my 17-year-old little preacher daughter is bent over speaking to this woman. And what she says to this woman blows me away. And I'm just kind of standing there watching this unfold. Like I'm watching my child speak into this woman's life. And they're having a conversation. And I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm real sure it's something that the Lord has told Grace to tell her. Sure enough, she talks to her for a little while and the woman gets emotional and I see that and I say just a couple of things to the woman. At this point, I already know that the Lord's message has already come through grace and they just bypassed me totally. We get up and we leave and on the way home, Grace is like, mom, and she told me, I'll just keep it between me and Grace. Um, she told me how she spoke into this woman's life and said, I really feel like God has a message for you about your son. I'm in my car. I look at Grace and I am bewildered. I don't even know if that's the right word. <laughs> I, I actually don't really know what bewildered means. Shocked, hopefully. Um, but I look at her and I think to myself, oh God, God in heaven. Thank you, because she's getting it. She literally just spoke into this woman's life, a prophetic word about this woman's son. And I heard the word and I thought, the crazy thing is, Grace, is that God was telling me to say something, but he didn't give me the message. He gave the message to you. And I just want to affirm that whatever it is that you told her was from God, because God was speaking to me. And telling me that he had a message for her. It just came through you. And I'm telling you what, I sat there a minute and, you know, Eddie and I kind of went over what uh, Grace had done and all this kind of stuff. Um, just so proud because this didn't start when she was 17. This started when she was seven months old, when I pr would pray over her. This started when she was in utero, when I was praying over her future. This started, you know, when she was seven when she skinned her knee and I said, you know, God is a God that heals. And we spoke into her life. So if you are a mom of small kids or if you're a mom of just any kids in general, it's never too late. Take every opportunity. Don't be annoying about it, but inject truth into your children's lives and you will eventually see the fruit like I did on Sunday. It was pretty amazing. I know that was a long monologue, but it was good. That was good. That was good stuff. <laughs> That's what's happening in my life. Do not go away, y'all. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear this. It's going to encourage you. I'll be back right after the break. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah.
Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we are back. Um, I'm super excited about this, as I've said. So we're going to be talking about fire, okay? The Lord always kind of, um, depending on what I'm going on in my life, that I have going on in my life, he will give me themes to what exactly he wants me to talk about. And I just want you to know that everything, and I think I've said this a hundred times, everything that I preach about is something that I, God has dealt with me. And I don't preach about things that I'm like failing in. <laughs> I preach about things where I feel like God has been like, you need to learn this. And then it's taken me through a process of learning this. Um, so I just want you to know um, these messages that I bring to you, it's because I've struggled and I feel like I've got a message from the Lord through that struggle and some wisdom to pour back into you. Okay. So um, I'm praying through God, what, what is our next series going to be? And I ha- actually have a couple, I think, I feel like our Easter series is going to be like the bomb. It's going to be so amazing. You're going to want to hit it. You're going to want to listen to it. But I, I was praying through, you know, God, what is, what, what, what do you want to air on our show? It's your show. It's his show. It's not my show. <laughs> it's, it's his show. And I was so overcome by the verse in Hebrews that says, our God is a consuming fire. And the reason I was overcome by that is because I have seen God be a consuming fire in my life. And so this entire, everything that we are going to talk about in the next three weeks will revolve around this particular verse. Okay. Um, but today I want to share with you an amazing message, uh, that I'm kind of blown away by and it's called fire insurance. Okay. We're going to talk about fire insurance. But it's not in the way that you think. You know, everyone, every single person that owns a home has to get homeowner's insurance. You have to do it, okay? It is something that is important um, because if your house burns down, you want to make sure that your house is going to be covered because it's the biggest investment that we that we have, right? Um, we get insurance for our car, okay? Uh, you know, I just heard a story about someone's car getting stolen and they didn't have insurance. So they couldn't cover the cost of their car. Do you know what happens when your car gets stolen or crashed or something like that? And you don't have insurance. It's horrendous. You're out of car and you're on all this money and it's, it's just a horrible situation. 
I have in my own life, actually about a, a couple months ago, someone that was in my home came in and she said, Autumn, I smell gas. And I'm like, like, what kind of gas? <laughs> uh, what kind of gas are we talking about? She's like, Autumn, from your stove. Like, I feel I smell gas from your stove. And I'm like, really? And so I freak out over stuff like that. Like we have the monitors for everything, like carbon monoxide, like fire, like everything in our home. <laughs> we have them all. And I don't like it. I, they, it worries me a lot. Um, so I, Eddie's not home. She's there with me. I go into my kitchen. I open up, we have one of those like tops. So it's not like a full stove. It's like a top gas stove, gas cooktop. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Anyway. So we go in there and I open the bottom because there's like a cabinet under the bottom where I can put on my pots and pans and stuff. And I stick my whole head under the bottom of the stove and I take the biggest whiff ever, which why I did that. I don't know why I did that, but I was like, all of a sudden definitely smelled the gas and thought, Oh my goodness. Um, I'm feeling a little woozy and a little lightheaded because yes, fine. Come to find out we had three different gas leaks in this line and they had to come out and fix it. And it was like the whole thing. And now I like check it every day. And I, I'll tell, I'm telling you right now it is fixed. It's wonderful. It's great. But we had insurance that could come out and could cover this problem that we had in our house. Fire insurance is what we're talking about today. What do you do if you are in a fire, not a physical fire in your home, but what do you do if you're, uh, if you have a fire in your life? Well, I'm going to tell you, okay. Proverbs 31, 25. Now I've, I've talked about this verse like a gajillion times over the last couple of years, but I don't care because it's awesome. Proverbs 31, 25 is what the Lord, how the Lord, I believe wants me to start this today. Um, because this woman got it. This woman understood. This woman understood what it was like to have fire insurance. She got it, okay? And this is how we know she got it. This is, okay, hello, Proverbs 31, definitely in my Bible. Okay, there we go. When you talk about the virtuous woman in Proverbs, like the woman is intimidating, but not really when you actually study the original language of how it was preached, right? Okay, listen. In Proverbs 31, 25, a couple of years ago, our word of the year was laugh. And I did a whole message on this woman's laugh. And I feel like it's important to bring it up today. Proverbs 31, 25 says this, talking about the virtuous woman, the woman who fears God, her price is far above rubies. Okay. Like we love her. Like she's the bomb. Okay. It says this in Proverbs 31, 25. These are her characteristics. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. Now, I know from my study and from knowing what the other translations say, a lot of other translations says she laughs at the future. And I know the very tense of the word because I've studied it. When it says she laughs at the future, she is laughing in a mocking way. Now, I've said this multiple times. Sarah, when Sarah uh, heard that God said that she was pregnant, she laughed in a disbelief way. Like, no, that is not a, like in a ha ha ha, that's um, ridiculous way. This woman laughs in a mocking way about her future. She laughs and she says, future, bring it on. Whatever it is that you have for me, bring it on. Whatever fire is coming my way, 
bring it. Because this woman had fire insurance. And that's what we're going to talk about today. She knew something that not everybody knows. Even believers don't understand this whole concept. She understood that there was something greater than the fire. Now, I want to go to Hebrews 12, 29, because I want to read this to you. Hebrews 12, 29. Now, I could go into, I don't have time, but uh, and maybe I will in the next couple of weeks. I could go into what this entire uh, passage is about. It's really amazing, um, but uh, I'm feeling myself pulled in that direction. Um, but Paul is saying here, listen, I'm going to tell you about Hebrews 11. I'm going to tell you about the hall of faith. I'm going to tell you about all these people that actually went through fires. I'm going to tell you about how Moses had to use his faith to combat what was coming. I'm going to tell you about Gideon. I'm going to tell you about Rahab. I'm going to tell you about the martyrs that went through the fire. And then I'm going to talk to you about God and how he corrects his children and how he loves his children. And at the end of this entire discourse, Paul says this, he sums up Hebrews 11 and 12 with one verse, for our God is a consuming fire. Now I'm obsessed with this because it tells us what type of fire God is. If you look and you actually uh, review the, the Greek, which, you know, I'm going to tell you what the Greek is. Fire is, um, it's pronounced poor. Okay. But consuming is pronounced catalisco. Now, catalisco means a lot of different things, but one of the biggest things that it means consuming means catalisco to utterly consume, to destroy, especially enemies. So here we have Paul making a statement, almost giving him another name. Our God is. It doesn't say what he's named. It just says he is. And uh, for Sean, it says God is love. This Paul is saying right here, our God is a consuming fire. So this is not what we call him. This is what he is. He is a consuming fire. This is not a feature that he has. This is who he is. Okay. Just like he is love. He is agape love. First Corinthians 13 uh, defines that for us. Um, Paul is saying he is a consuming fire. And this woman in Proverbs 31 understood that she could laugh at the future because she had a consuming fire that was walking her through her future. That was already there. That already sees what's happened. Okay. Catalisco means to utterly consume or, or destroy, especially enemies. This is important and it's going to be really vital in the next few points that I bring out. So Paul is saying, our God is a consuming fire. He doesn't just destroy. He just doesn't burn. He utterly destroys. He totally consumes. Especially, that word, Catalisco, especially, he especially consumes our enemies. That is what consuming means. He utterly destroys. He utterly consumes, especially our enemies. I want to take you to Exodus uh, 24 because we're going to take a little ride through the scripture when it comes to the word consuming fire. 
In Exodus 24, 12, the Lord is speaking to Moses here. He's about to give him the law, the Ten Commandments. Exodus 24, 12 says this. Now the Lord said to Moses, come up here to me on the mountain and remain there. And I will give you the stone tablets, which the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose with Joshua and uh, his servant. And Moses went up to the mountain of God. But the elder to the elders, he said, wait here for us until we return. And behold, Aaron and her with you. Whoever has a legal matter, let him approach them. All right. Then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. Verse 16, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, God, he called to Moses in the midst of the cloud. Verse 17, and and this is important. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. Now, the Old Testament was written in lots of things, but primarily Hebrew. Listen, I looked up the word Hebrew for this uh, term, consuming fire. We have Paul calling God a consuming fire in um, Hebrews, and we have Moses, who wrote the book of Exodus, calling God a consuming fire in Exodus. The Greek word is obviously different. Kabbalisco is obviously different than the Hebrew word, but they mean the same thing. This is what it means. Israel, when they looked up and they saw the cloud, God called Moses out of the cloud, and then they saw the glory was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. They saw the glory. And when they likened it to a consuming fire, it means this supernatural fire. It means so much destroy, consume. It means to slay. It also means to eat, which I just think this is so crazy. Like this is what this word consuming means. Okay. It also means this to devour oppression. So we know the Greek word for consuming means to uh, overcome enemies, to completely destroy enemies. But the Hebrew word adds a little bit to that. That means to devour or eat, to devour any oppression. They saw that. That's the word that they said. He is a consuming fire. He is the God that destroys all enemies, everything in his way. And we're seeing that. They saw the fire, okay? I wanna just show you, go into Deuteronomy a little bit just to back up what I'm telling you. In Deuteronomy 4.24, Moses again wrote the book of Deuteronomy, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. Same word in Exodus, is a consuming fire. It's the same type of fire. So. The Israelites saw God as a consuming fire. And then Moses states, he's a consuming fire, just like Paul. Moses and Paul, they don't get it wrong very often, okay? So I know that God is a consuming fire. The Old Testament and the New Testament back it up. Now, let's move on a little bit. And I definitely have a point, but this is all setting me up to where I'm going. In Deuteronomy 9, 
verse 3. God is speaking through Moses. And this is what happens. Now, the Israelites are getting ready to cross the Jordan. They're getting ready to venture into uh, Canaan. Moses is still alive at this point, And he's got like some last words. He's like, listen, y'all, y'all better listen to me. You're going to go over there. And, you know, obviously Moses was not allowed to go with, he wasn't allowed to go with them into uh, the promised land because he, you know, his anger took over and God punished him. And so he wasn't able to go in the, in the promised land, but he does speak to them about their time in the promised land. And God uses him as a tool to prepare them for the promised land. No doubt Joshua was taking notes <laughs> with everything that Moses was saying. Can't you just see him with like a little scroll and a little like, you know, piece of wood, like taking notes. But this is what he says in Deuteronomy 9.3. Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you as a consuming fire. Same word in Deuteronomy 4, same word in Exodus 24. It's the same word, consuming fire. He will destroy them and he will subdue them. Talking about Jericho, AI, all people, all the giants in the land before you so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. So here we see it again. Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you as a consuming fire. What does that mean? To devour oppression, to utterly destroy a supernatural fire, to slay, to eat. Such a weird definition for that. But that is what it is. The consuming fire is going over before you. He's going to destroy them. He's going to subdue them before you so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. Guys, I'm t- why am I telling you all of these things? Because it's important. As I was praying through God, what in the world, what in the world do you specifically want me to, what's your message? And I mean, it hit me like a lightning bolt when he said this. I'm the fire that consumes the fire. I wrote it down. The Lord said to me, I am the consuming fire. I am the fire that consumes even the fire. Let me say that again. Because when I told it to my husband, he was like, what did you just say? (laughs) So I'm kind of imagining maybe some of you guys are going to be like, what's this crazy lady saying it now? I am the fire, he told me, that consumes even the fire. I just told you he's the fire that utterly consumes. I just told you that Paul and Moses both call him uh, different languages, but they both call him a consuming fire. I just showed you where Israel looked and saw his glory and said, our God is like a consuming fire. And here, right here, Moses says, God's going before you. And he's going before you as a consuming fire to destroy them. He will subdue them before you so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. 
And I get this sense right now, right here, right amongst us, all of the people that are going to download, all the people that are going to listen, that some of you guys, there's two groups of people I want to talk to here before I move on to my next text. Those of you that are literally about to take the biggest step of faith of that you have in a long time. You're looking at what you're getting ready to step into, whether it's a move to a different state, whether, you know, you're about to get married, <laughs> that is a big step of faith, whether it is to pursue something, um, whether it is to step into something that you feel like you ha- has held you back for so long, but all of a sudden you just really feel free to do that. I want you to know something. God is the consuming fire. He is a, not the, he is a consuming fire. And what he does is when he asks you to do something much like the children of Israel, listen, go over into Canaan. I told you I'm going to take care of it. I've told you I'm going to protect you. I told you I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to give you victory. What I think tangibly you guys may need to know is this. The consuming fire who destroys all oppression, who devours all oppression, who um, devours his enemies, who devastates his enemies, who destroys his enemies, that is the fire that is going ahead of you. All you have to do, all the Israelites had to do was follow right behind the fire, the consuming fire that was consuming the fires that they were going to face in Canaan that were too big for them. Just remember what the uh, message was when the 12 came back, the 12 spies came back. They said, there are giants there. There are sons of Anak there. And there are fortified cities. There are strong cities there. We can't do it. We can't do it. And then all of Israel got all the little paintings in a wad and they did not go which consequently caused them to all die in the wilderness. But they counted the consuming fire out of the equation when they should have counted the consuming fire that consumes all the fire in. We look at the future right now and everyone is freaking out. Like I can't, I talk to everyone. So once this is happening and this is happening and that's happening. Yeah, it's all bad. Okay. I get it. I have the news too. I totally understand. I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but we need to take a page from the Proverbs 31 lady. We can laugh at the future. Why? Because she had fire insurance. She knew for a fact that her consuming fire was going to go ahead of her and her life for her family and destroy the opposition of the other fires. That's why she could laugh. That's why she could have joy. That's why strength and dignity is what she was clothed in. Those of you that are getting ready to take a step of faith, I know it's scary. I've done it. And I'm not done it once. I've done it a lot. <laughs> okay. I have been standing and uh, my knees have been shaking. I might have sounded courageous, but on the inside, I was like a puddle of mush. And I'm like, what in the world am I doing? (laughs) I might have sounded bold, but on the inside of me, I'm like, okay, Lord, where are you at, dude? Um, You know, if you're really here, have the person in front of me blink their eyes three times. You know, know, sometimes you just fake it, right? You just fake it. (laughs) 
I understand what it's like to go into something that is absolutely terrifying and stand there and wonder, God, are you actually going to come through? I have done it. I have done it. I have done it. I have done it for 20 plus years after I got my life right with Christ. Over and over. Every year there's something huge. And then I understood this. There's a consuming fire that's going ahead of me that's eating all of my opposition. And while I can see the opposition and I see the giants in the land and I see the fortified cities in the land and I see what's in the land and I see how scary it is because I'm not going to minimize it. When you see the reality of what you face, it can be terrifying. Okay. Can we all just say, wow, that is really scary. Let's all just agree. Let's stop being so super duper spiritual. Well, be strong and courageous. Well, yeah, but sometimes you don't feel that way. You look into Canaan and you see the giants and you know for a fact that you might have been one of them Israelites that were like, we can't go. We can't go. Why? Because what they saw was real. If there were real giants, there were real fortified cities. What they saw, they weren't making it up. It was reality. But let me submit to you today that there is a greater reality than what you see with your eyes. It is called the consuming fire who will consume those scary realities with the way that he consumes any oppression in our lives. He goes in first. He paves the way. He opens up opportunities that you don't even see for yourself. He consumes the fire because he is a consuming fire. Whew. You, if this is not, if you're not crying in your car or praising God or about to run through a wall, who are you? What is going on? This is good. This is good, good, encouraging stuff. And this is truth. This is not Autumn Miles saying this. This is straight out of the Bible. I've already showed you in four different places, but let's go to another one. I want y'all to turn with me. Now you're going to know this. I just talked about this not that long ago when I actually thought in my head, Do I talk about this again? Well, you know what? Yes, you do. Because why? Because God said, you need to talk about it again. There's some of you that are about to step into a place and you know there's fires. Those of you, you need to know that the consuming fire is going ahead of you. He's going to pave the way for you. He's going to consume the oppression. He's going to consume his enemies because they're your enemies. And then there are some of you that are sitting in the fire. You know what that is? I don't know what that is. Some of you have just been told you have a degenerative disease. Some of you were just served uh, divorce papers. Some of you just got an eviction notice on your house. Some of you, your child has been sick for months and months and months, and you're terrified to go to the doctor because you just don't know what it is could be. You're in the fire. And that's the thing about God. He does allow us to go in the fire. He allows it. He allows the fire, not because he's mean. I truly believe one of the reasons he allows some of these fires is because we get to see a side of him that we would never have experienced if we weren't allowed to walk through some of this stuff. I want to read you a portion of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story. And I want to make a huge differentiation 
from you from anything I've ever said in my entire life about this story in the past. And it's something that the Lord um, illuminated to me in the past few days as I've been studying this. In Daniel three nineteen, actually, I'm going to pick it up. Uh, I'm going to pick it up in verse 12. Daniel three twelve. There are certain Jews who you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, these are all the wise guys telling on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they would not bow to the golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar made of himself. They don't serve your gods or worship the golden image which you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you're ready, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance to reconsider. They already knew what the stakes were going to be, okay? Nebuchadnezzar, I guess, was trying to be a nice guy um, to say, you know, I'm going to give you another chance to bow down. Here we go. Now, if you're ready, the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, all kinds of music, fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there that can deliver you out of my hands? Oh, Lord Jesus, let me tell him how you told me. What did he say? But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of the blazing fire. What kind of fire? The blazing fire. What kind of a fire? The blazing fire. You know what that means? It basically means hot. Let me see if I have it down. I don't, but I know <laughs> that I studied it. It's in Aramaic. I do believe uh, I didn't write it down. I don't know why I did. I was probably getting tired of writing all these definitions, but the blazing fire means a hot fire. That's what it means. But if you do not, you'll be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there that can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of what kind of fire? Blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, because God allows us to walk through the fire, guys. If God allowed his son Jesus to go to the cross, he allows us to walk through fires. I don't know why. That's something that we can ask all of us, ask God when we get to heaven. Some things we understand in hindsight better than we do directly in the middle of them, but he does allow us to go through them. If it be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us out of the blazing fire and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if he doesn't, let it be known, O king. Now, we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar got mad. He was filled with wrath and his facial expression was altered towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He answered by giving the orders to what? Heat the furnace seven times more than it was already heated. Isn't that interesting? They did the right thing and they got a harsher consequence. Sometimes we think we're in the fire because we're doing the wrong thing. Well, sometimes you're in the fire and it's heated seven times um, stronger because you're doing the right thing. Don't think for a second that God is mad at you. God has got your back. 
um, but he is about to allow you to go through this fire so he can show you and everyone around you that he is not a blazing fire because that is so weak compared to him. He is the all-consuming fire. He is the fire that laps up the fire. The blazing fire ain't got nothing on him. They were in the fire because they did right, not because they did wrong. (sighs) Nebuchadnezzar, verse 20, commanded his valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they were tied up in their trousers, the coats, their caps, They're closed and they were cast in the middle of a, what kind of a fire? A blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent, the furnace had been made extremely hot because that's what a blazing fire is. It's a hot fire. And the flame of the fire was so hot that it slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Nebuchadnezzar, the king was astounded and stood up in haste. And he said to his highest officials, was it not three men we cast into the midst of the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of the blazing fire. And he responded and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out in the midst of the fire. Let me tell you something about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The blazing fire had nothing on the consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And guess what? The God that consumes every fire in our life showed up when they were put in the midst of the fire and it consumed all oppression, the enemies. It destroyed the fire that was around them because that's what God does for his kids. Are we allowed to walk through it? Yes. But one of the beautiful things of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we all know it, we all know it, um, 27, the fire had no effect on their bodies of these men, not that the hair on their head sent, nor was the hair on their head sent, nor was their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. When the consuming fire steps in, when the consuming fire says, I see your fire and I raise you a fire that's going to burn up your fire. When the consuming fire steps in, let me tell you something. Maybe not at that moment, but when you come out, remember, Ashadar, Meshach, and Abednego had to come out. They had to come through the fire to make sure that um, they didn't smell like smoke. When you come through the fire and you're called out of the fire and you're on the other side of the fire, that's when you realize, Not only do I not smell like smoke, not only is my hair not singed, and God, you protected me the entire time because you were burning up the fire that I was involved in. Not only do all of those things happen, you realize that fire must could have been the greatest thing that ever happened to me because the consuming fire was present with me and he brought me through. My daughter was diagnosed a couple of years ago with a 
I'm not going to tell you the name of the disease, but she was diagnosed with a disease. It was horrible. It was devastating. It meant, I'm talking about Grace. It meant a lot of things for her future. We didn't know for years what it was. We kept taking her to doctors and the doctors were like, mm, we don't know what this is, but it's fine. Eat some Tums. <laughs> That's literally what a doctor told me. Eat some Tums. I mean, I could have I done that. But she suffered. She suffered. I remember. Um, she suffered. I remember her coming into our, my bedroom because I've told you we kind of congregate in our bedroom at night. And Eddie and I will talk to the kids about their day and counsel. Correct. <laughs> Give them money, whatever it is they need. And she could, she would come into my room and she would just say, why? Why? Why has God allowed this in my life? I couldn't tell her why. I don't have an answer. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a traveling evangelist and, you know, preach the word of God every week. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good answer too. You just don't know people. Sometimes you just don't know. She walked with it for a couple of years, and I remember very specifically, we were going back to the doctor to check the progress of this disease, and um, we had to do a very a specific test. And we had prayed, and, uh, you know, Grace had suffered, and then I remember, I don't know, a couple months before, she had stopped having symptoms, and it seemed like she was coming through that fire. And I remember going to the doctor, obviously I went with her and sitting by the bed and they were running the test and we were talking and I was trying to get her mind off of what was happening and all the things that you do to just help your kids when they're down. And the test results came back a couple of weeks later and I'll, I'll never forget, uh, the doctor called me and said, you need to call me on the phone. And I'm like, oh, that's never good. And so got alone, got away from everyone. A lot of times I'll do a lot of those phone calls in my car just because people are around me all the time. And I called the doctor back and she was like, um, they found no evidence of this disease in her body. Nowhere. They can't find it. It's not there. Medically speaking, she does not have it. I hung up the phone with her, kind of shocked, called Eddie. He's like, really? <laughs> we were shocked. I called Grace at school. And said, this is what, this is the call I just got. She starts screaming. She said, Mom, I know. I knew we were going to get that call. Because I asked God to heal my body. And he did. She still didn't have it. Still. And do you know this? While it was hard to walk through, it was hard to get the reality of your child has an issue that there's no cure for. God has used that fire in her life to minister to hundreds of people. God has used that fire in her life to show people God is actually real. Um, she's 17. God has used her to minister, to tell her story to tons and tons of people. Because you know what? The fire wasn't allowed without the presence of the consuming fire. And as God came in and consumed and destroyed that foe that was in her body, 
when she got through it, not only does she not smell like smoke, she is now, as I told you earlier, literally prophesying to an adult woman and her child. This is who God is. This is what he does. He might allow the fire, but the burning fire, just a hot fire compared to the all-consuming fire, is weak compared to him. I just feel really strongly today as we wrap up. I feel like some of you guys are discouraged desperately because you are in the fire and it is real and there is a reality there. That fire that you're facing is not stronger than the all-consuming one who utterly destroys. Isaiah 43 puts it like this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you won't get scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I've given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place, since you are precious in my sight, since I, you are honored, and I love you. I just want to leave you with that because I feel so strongly that if you're facing a fire and you know it and you're in it and it's hot and you know you didn't do anything to deserve it, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you actually have done the right thing. The consuming fire walks with you. It won't overpower him. He protects you because that's who he is. Lord, we love you today. I just pray for those people that have received a doctor's report that five minutes before they were fine. And now there's a new reality in their life. I pray for them, Lord. I pray for this fire in their life. Pray for their strength. I pray for healing in Jesus' name. But because you've allowed this fire, God, they want to come through it like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, like Grace did. They want to come out the other side of it. And God, they want to see that you consumed their foes in the middle of it. So I'm asking you to intervene, to enter, inject yourself. Maybe someone is listening for the first time and they know they're in a fire, Lord, and they just don't know where to turn. Or they've been so confused. And maybe that's why they tuned in because they're like, mom, just give this lady a try. I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen that person that doesn't know where to turn. I pray that you would tell them, I've got you. Believer, I've got you. I'm the all-consuming fire. Blazing fire has nothing on me. Father God, walk them forward. Bring them through. Let their fire be their greatest victory that they've ever faced. And won. Lord, we need you. We need you. 
I thank you that you're so good. You're so good. You're good. You are so good. Someone needs to hear that. He's good. He's trustworthy. He won't trick you. He won't betray you. He's good. His nature is good. And I thank you, Lord, for hearing this. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'll see you guys after the break with a question and a story from one of you. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Hey guys, it's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, I'm back. I'm like, ugh. Ah, immediately switching over. Sometimes these transitions are really, really hard, but I just really felt the spirit of God on that. And Lord, we thank you for being a consuming fire in Jesus name. Um, I have a question. It says, I'm a Christian and I really struggle with all the social injustices happening in our world. How do you find God in the terrible news stories we hear every day? Mass shooting, sickness, war, and so much violence. This is a really, really, really good question. And I'm so glad that the girls sent this over to me to answer. It is hard. I do. I I see the same stories that you guys do. I'm not naive to them. I'm very aware of them. As a matter of fact, Haven will ask me, why are you listening to the news? You know, you hate the news. And I'm like, you're right. I do hate it. <laughs> but I will say this. There is a God that's greater than all of these things. And this is where our faith comes in. I struggle too. I struggle with justice. But understand, justice is not in our time. It's in God's time. He calls himself a God of justice. When you see people being mistreated or when you see things happening or or, um, whatever, it should grieve our spirits that evil is in the world today. It should. How could it not? But let me tell you this, whenever I see something, sometimes I have, I literally have to turn it off. And um, most of the time I take all that to the Lord and ask the Lord, process it with the Lord, get as raw as you need to with the Lord, tell him what you're seeing and how it's making you feel and how frustrated you are. I understand. I'm telling you, I, it bothers me as well, but justice is who God is. And if we trust every other aspect of the Bible, we have to trust that he will bring justice. And he says that he will. Okay. Um, Here's a testimony. It was pretty long. 
but it was also awesome. I think the girls slimmed it down for me a little bit. It said, I've been a follower of yours for a long time. And um, the Lord used you to help me through a difficult time with some infertility issues years back. Fast forward to today. I am a proud mom of two beautiful kids. I have a handsome, Lord-loving seven-year-old boy, Eli. That's funny because we almost named Judy Eli. And a sweet-souled four-year-old little girl named Addie. That is precious. So those babies are a praise. And I do believe she had other stuff to praise, but um, we had to cut it down a little bit. That's amazing. Thank you for listening all these years. If you started listening to me before you had kids, that means it was longer than seven years ago. So God bless you. (laughs) Oh, God bless you. That's like my, that's crazy. But thank you for that story. Those of you that are struggling with infertility out there today, listen, um, God is the God of miracles. Two of my God kids are miracle babies. They're what they were told. Their parents were told, no, you can't have any kids. And well, she had twins. So um, don't lose heart. Hey, if you have a story to share with us, email at hello at autumnmiles.com. Um, we read all of these. If you have a prayer request, email it at hello at autumnmiles.com. If you have a comment or anything like that, just send us an email. Hello at autumnmiles.com. I love you guys so much. I hope this encouraged you. Day two is uh next week to excuse me is next week can't wait to see you there it's gonna be good i'll talk to you later bye-bye thanks for tuning in to the autumn miles show be sure to follow autumn on instagram facebook and youtube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry just search for autumn miles in your internet browser autumnmiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.